Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Glam Mirror. Hi, I'm Dr. Tabitha Mir, and you are joining me for Glam Mirror. I am a cosmetic dermatologist here to uplift, inspire, educate, and talk about all things beauty from the skin to the soul. This is Glam Mirror. Hey guys, thank you so much for coming back to Glam Mirror with me, Dr. Tabitha Samir. I've got some amazing women and my Power Women's Roundtable Part 1. Um, the reason I picked these lovely ladies is because they all have, they're all super accomplished and I just like that they're so generous with their time and their talent and I want to introduce them to you. First, I have Sharon Carpenter and Sharon Carpenter is an award-winning broadcast journalist, host and producer. I've got Chantel Frazier who is a founder of Flawless NYC, a graduate of the London School of Economics, and I have Africa Miranda, who is a dynamic performer, actress, and spokesmodel with an amazing distinctive style. Welcome, ladies. Hi. Hello. We've got good two, to be back. two Brits in the house, and welcome <laughs> back, Sharon. It's great to see you, it's as always. You. Yes, two Brits. I know, they can distinguish <laughs> It's a lot of trouble. Us. Two Brits together. <laughs> you all sound the same. Yeah, we're going to just sound the same. <laughs> yeah, no one's going to know who's speaking <laughs> at any given time. So I kind of came up with this idea because, you know, I know all of you individually, mm-hmm. and, and some of you just met for the first time today. Some of you guys know each other. We all kind of came here to New York, we left our families to come here to kind of make a name for ourselves. And I think yeah. that we have a lot to teach other people. So I would like to kind of get into how did, what, what brought you to New York? Yeah, uh, uh, well, as far as uh, I'm concerned, I mean, for me growing up in the UK, I always kind of idolized American pop culture and American mm. music and Hollywood. And so it was always kind of a dream. I didn't think I was ever going to achieve it, to be honest, when right. I was a kid growing up in the UK. But it was always kind of a, a dream to be a part of that world. Mm-hmm. And I think growing up in the UK, um, kind of in a small town just outside London, so it wasn't really where all the action was going on, I felt like... I really wanted a more exciting life. Mm. You know, I kind of Mm -hmm. saw everyone around me settling down with the first guy (laughs) they've ever dated. I can relate to that. Or the first girl. Mm -hmm. And just uh, people didn't really have the same ambition, the people that I I was around for the most part. So um, I had the opportunity to come to the US for university. Mm-hmm. And my parents were like, I was actually kidding around with them. I was like, oh, well, I'll go to university if you pay for me to go to the U.S. They were like, okay, then. I was no. like, wow, really? Seriously? See. And then it, you know, that, that's exactly what I did. And I'd never been to New York before I came here for school. I just oh, packed wow. up my bags and left my family and got on a plane. And Didn't know are. what to really expect at the end of the day. But I'm so glad I did. At the end of the day, wanting an education is what got you here. Wanting an education. And then I, I also had this dream of, of having my own record label one right. day. It kind of went well, a little different. Keep in a bit dreaming. Of a different keep dreaming. Direction. A better direction, I will yeah. say. And you don't want a record label nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm so glad. Yeah. I just cover that stuff. I don't have to be right. yes. So, yeah. And Miss Chantelle Frazier, what brought you over? Okay, so I'm different from Sharon. 
Lauren. Uh-huh. Different person, just Hi. in case you guys. This is the other one. <laughs> no, she's me. She's uh-huh. only Empire. Same person. <laughs> you're on Empire, Sharon. Yeah. I was getting tweets saying, no, are you aren't. on Empire? I'm no. like, just because she's British, doesn't mean we're the same person. I think you told me yeah. when I ran into you. Yeah, that's hilarious. Okay. So this is Chantelle Fraser speaking. <laughs> <laughs> Hi there. Yeah, I guess similar to Sharon, um, growing up, you are kind of bombarded by American culture and... Um, I was always kind of in awe of, you know, shows like The Cosby Show and, you know, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Mm-hmm. To me, you know, I'd never seen anything like that, that before. Grand, yeah. And I was always kind of like just, I guess, awed by the Ameri- the idea of the American dream. And coming to America for the first time, I, I knew that it was the place that I wanted to be. Um, I think America is very class-driven, yeah. and I love the fact that America is more of a, a meritocracy. Mm-hmm. Here, you know, if you have a dream, you have a vision, you can achieve it if you set your mind to it. There's no barriers, there's no class barriers here, which yeah. says you know you can't achieve something if you have the education, or even if you don't have the education, but you, you have, have the, the desire yeah. and the ambition and the lack of fear, you can accomplish that. And that's really what I feel like America, especially New York, represented to me. Mm -hmm. So um, I had the opportunity to come to America for a one-week vacation. I knew that was my one chance Mm -hmm. to get here and pretty much figure it out. So I kind of told everyone, hey, I'm just, I'm moving to America, sayonara, everybody. Didn't know if that was really going to happen, but got here and started just calling up a bunch of modelling agencies and got myself a job the first day I arrived as a modelling agent. And the rest was history. And then I started my business two years later. Yes, which is amazing. And Africa, talk to me about how you ended up here in New York. In New York. Well, the first time, this is my second time back in the city, but my first time was actually after college. Um, I was singing, performing, doing all of that. And I actually was brought to New York from Alabama to be part of a girl group. So it was, they had the girl from down south, a girl from LA, and you know, a New York girl. And so we were in this girl group. They put us in a house in Jersey and we were recording and doing all of that. Was it and, filmed? Um, no, thank God. This was pre <laughs> before okay, those I was gonna say film. Sounds like a great show. I uh, know it would have been kind of a little bit of a horror <laughs> show. It was like reality shows before there was one. But um oh, it but it was a lot of fun. Like it brought me, you know, brought me from Alabama. Of course, the girl group went the way that girl groups tend to go because yeah. the one girl was dating a producer and it just it was a little bit of madness, yeah. but it brought me to the city because I Again, grew up in Alabama. I was born in Boston, so we would still come to the East Coast at least once, once or twice a year. And it would be like, you know, everybody would pack up the car, like rent a big van, and we'd drive. So it would always be this thing of when you're coming from the South, it's like 85 to 95 North. And my mother would always wake me up when we were crossing George Washington Bridge. And a lot of times it would be the middle of the night. And I just would always remember like seeing the lights of the city. And I was like, I'm getting in out. Yeah. And I'm, mo- mm. you know, and I'm moving to New York. So when the opportunity came, like I was, it was right after college. I was working for the governor of Alabama, like one of his youngest staff members, like one of the few little black girls like running <laughs> around with a clipboard. And I was so bored. And I was kind of like putting off law school and putting off like real life because I was still like going to Atlanta to sing and trying to do all those things, but still being in Alabama. So when the opportunity came to, be in the group and they were like we'll move to move you to New York I literally like put in my two week notice and like two weeks later you know I was in New York and um, you know stayed and it was I was here for like five years and did the whole like you know starving artist life in New York and it was interesting because I was familiar with the city because I would always visit but it's different when you it's move. different when you live here. it's different when you you know when mm-hmm. you live here and you're like oh I'm living in a box and I'm sharing space with people and <laughs> you know my car is getting dented every day because I didn't want to let go of this thing of like oh I have to you know these things these comforts but it was a learning experience that you know one has taken me 
on this journey, but it, it was something that I think had I never lived here, now I feel like I, you could drop me in the middle of a war zone and I'd yeah. be fine. <laughs> after well, living it's kind of funny because what brought me here was kind of similar to what you know Sharon and mm-hmm. Chantel were talking about. Like I was this like little you know ethnic Indian girl going to school, wanting to be a doctor, <laughs> and I looked at everybody around me and I'm like, I do not want to live that life. I don't mm-hmm. want to be in my 40s working for someone in their 60s in a medical office. This is not for me. Yeah. I need to get out. And I knew that the way here was school for me. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't going to drop out of school and move here and try and do what Africa did because that was not in my, just my parents yeah. would kick my ass, you know? So I came here for school and I knew once I you I landed here and got here, I wasn't leaving. And yeah. this is what I tell people about New York and I think you all hit it with your intros. They say if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Yes, but don't come to New York to try and find yourself. You need to kind of know yeah. who you, you have are. You have to have right? an idea. It may change yeah. along right. the way. But you have but to have a sense a, of something exactly. when you hit the city. You yeah. really do, because otherwise you could end up in, in a bad situation. <laughs> yes, I doing any number of, of things. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Because I think some people will go to L.A. to find themselves. I don't even know what that means to find yourself. Like I A think, lot of people do, I yeah, think, in LA. A lot. Yeah. New York, though, you really have to have an ambition and a focus. Why did you choose a modeling agency, Chantel? Because I knew I always wanted to have my own business. Mm-hmm. So I knew that I wasn't going to go and work in an investment bank. What am I going to do in an investment bank? I'd be a cog in a wheel. Yeah. I wouldn't really be able to see what was going on or to see how management structure works. So I figured if I'm going to go and get a job, it needs to be a job that I can, one, replicate myself. And two, I was always interested in managing people. And you know, I was interested in fashion and beauty. Um, so the modeling industry was always something that attracted me. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I, I again, it's small enough that you can kind of see what's going on mm-hmm. and learn. And, you know, just and then again, everything worked out trajectory wise, because within two years, I pretty much knew enough, I thought, to, to start my own company. And so let's talk about did. that, because several of us have companies, and a lot of us just are, are good at advising. Like, Africa, you one of the things I loved about you is you're on Periscope, and you're advising other people, because what you do isn't in an office. Right. Yours is about you as a woman building your own brand and marketing yeah. yourself. So that's something that you find passionate. How did you start doing that? It was one of those things where I think I've always been a bit like very self-motivated. I was it's when you grow up, I tell people like there was a dirt road at the end of my street. Like to to see the end of see where things have gone from there to today. I think you have to have a, a plan in your own head because no one in my family does, you know, what I do. My yeah. family's in education and you know and other things. A lot of them are, not, are entrepreneurs, but they're not in the entertainment business. So for me to have graduated from college and then to turn and say, "Well, all right, like I'm leaving this home that I bought and the stuff that I have to like go and kind of turn my life upside down. Yeah. And as I continue to do that every so few often, you know, every yeah. so few years to say, okay, now I'm doing something new. My family thinks I'm a little crazy, but when they're driving and they see me on a billboard or they can turn on the TV and I'm there, then it's like, oh, it starts to make sense for yeah. them. So for me, it was really... I tell anyone, you know, you there. A lot of times, you can have these plans, you can have these ideas. People can tell you what they think you should do, but you have to, as you said, have a sense of what you see for yourself. But then also say, am I willing to do the work to do this? And then also have a plan. Mm-hmm. For me, you know, having a degree wasn't a question. It was like, of course you're going to college. Now, grad school was up in the air, mm-hmm. but it gave me 
something that I knew at the end of the day I could always fall back on. Yeah. I bought a house and I graduated from college, so I knew if all of this burnt down tomorrow, I have a home that I can go to and like rest my head. So for yeah. me, as much as people say, oh, you get in this business and you do these things, you don't have a backup plan. I believe in having not so much calling it a backup plan, but you have to have certain foundations. Like I always worked. I always, you know, did other things that I was willing to do that weren't maybe as glamorous, but in order to make sure that I could survive so that I wouldn't have to make maybe desperate decisions that I think a lot of people sometimes have to turn to. So I just think it's sometimes it's it's hard because a lot of times people say, well, what, what can you tell somebody to figure it out? And a lot of times I don't think there is a secret. I, I think, think it's persistence. I think there is persistence yeah. and I think some things you just have and some people some people have it and some people don't. You know and, what I think uh-huh. it is too? Sorry to interrupt it's you. Um, interrupt away. Um, That's yeah. what this is about. Is, <laughs> I think it is. Well, I think my number, my belief is that fear is the number one saboteur of success. Absolutely. Amen. So if you live in fear of anything, you're not going to go any go right. anywhere. I I started my business from my bedroom and I didn't even know how I was going to pay my rent. So am I going to tell you if it was 2000, <laughs> if it was now, mm-hmm. me at this age, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have had the balls to do it. Because you're I was, fear. Yeah, I was at that age where I just didn't right. have any fear. I wasn't thinking of the future. I was thinking I was being in the present present moment I wasn't thinking well I'm not sure if I know this do I need to get more education in business to figure out how to run this Mm -hmm. and that and the other I was like you know what I just have to start and doors will continue opening and not and you know do not live in fear so I think that really is one of the keys to success I totally think that's yeah. the yeah. key to success, actually. I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. And I agree as well. And I've always kind of been more of a go-with-the-flow kind of person, to mm-hmm. be honest. Like, I'll have a certain goal in mind, but it's not so rigid. Mm-hmm. You know, because sometimes, like, along your journey, you realize other things about yourself. <laughs> right. and uh, You, you have know, to you be have open other to change. Interests, yeah. so you've got to be open to change, exactly. So that's good, people yeah. always used to ask me, like... It, when I first came here you know what's your five year goal I never had a five year goal I know what direction I want to go yeah. in mm-hmm. um, but it certainly changed to a certain extent along the way I think that the one thing that I find in common with all of us I feel like there are two types of people um, the people that are more grounded those are the ones that they get married early they have children there's nothing wrong with yeah. that but you're yeah. more grounded you're more stuck you know to the earth and stability and then there are the ones that have wings like we like to kind of just do things <laughs> yeah. that may yeah. not make sense but we'll figure it out like for me I came here I went to med school and all that sounds really nice and stable but as soon as I was finished I was like I was interviewing with people who were 20, 30, 40 years older than me and I just saw my life mm-hmm. flash in front of my eyes and I'm like uh uh-uh, uh I'm not doing this so I just made this life for myself based on not sticking to any one stable you know, rule and yeah. fear. Yeah. You're talking about fear, Chantel. If I'd known now about opening my own practice when I knew 10 years ago, I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it's probably best not to yeah, yeah. sometimes, you, you know? know. But that's the thing. It's fear. Um, what do you think in the beginning were some of your biggest obstacles? Like whether it was other people saying no or being a woman and being beautiful like you all are? Yeah. I, I mean, for me, um, Definitely, you know, in the TV industry and, and when you're on camera, you're, you're going to face a lot of rejection, mm-hmm. right? So you really have to build up a, a yeah. tough skin. And um, I think nowadays it seems like people are even more sensitive than they used to be, you know, when I first got into yeah. the industry. Sensitive about what? Well, just sensitive about feedback and constructive oh, criticism mm, okay. and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually interviewed by a young woman the other day 
and um, you know I was talking about how I learned from other people and you know I, when I first started writing scripts I would write them I, I worked with BET and CBS so I used to write news scripts and I'd have um, CBS journalists track them do uh-huh. the voiceovers and they would give me feedback and some were really nice about it and some weren't so nice about it mm-hmm. and I was telling this story and the girl who was interviewing me who um, I think she's in her early 20s she was like wow but that really would have hurt my feelings and like I would have <laughs> just closed up and, and that's happened before like I've worked with interns where uh, um, I'll tell them to write a script they come to me with a script and I tell them okay that's that's not really going right. to work like switch this around do this make sure you start with this and then they've walked away and never come back because they're, they're I know. really it's called kind of a, a millennial thing yes. <laughs> yeah, to a, yeah, yeah I think so so I was always open to constructive criticism and right. like I said sometimes it wasn't as nice as, as other times but then you've also got to understand when it's constructive criticism or when it's someone just being a hater because right. they wish they were in your position and you can't yeah. please everyone as well because different people have different ideas yeah um, I know for me, I was in a male-dominated field, and they yeah. totally tried. There was a lot of misogyny. There was a lot of, like, backhanded comments. Like, I remember one time I was sick, deathly sick. I'd been on call for, like, 24 hours, and I looked like hell. And um, I had a male physician make fun of the way I looked. And I'm thinking, if I were a, a, a man, you wouldn't. Right. And I, the thing wow. is, I, I yeah. let him have it. I said, would you speak to your daughter this way? I said, would you speak to your wife this way? Do not speak to me that way. So I had to deal with a lot of that. A lot yeah. of people trying to push me down mm-hmm. and diminish my light oh, and yeah. tell me I can't do it. So mm-hmm. I think that's the difference. I looked at some of their criticism as a um, challenge. And I feel like you ladies did too. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I, I can relate to that as well because um, definitely in the entertainment world, um, you can come across a lot of sexism. And that was one of my biggest challenges too. I, I have to work with a lot of guys in my field. Mm-hmm. Um, on the operational side especially you know camera Mm -hmm. guys and editors and I remember uh, working on a story one time I was in the edit bay and we all kind of knew that this editor was quite sexist but Mm. I couldn't believe what came out of his mouth this day so I was I was the reporter and the producer on this piece I was telling him how I wanted it edited he turns to me and he says why don't you just why don't you just sit down, shut up, and look good? Oh. And I was, you know, I was about to go off. Yikes. But I was I like, you know what? So. I gotta get this story on the right. air. Yeah. Time is ticking. The guy cannot do it by himself. I said to him, I, I was like, okay, well, there's nothing I would love more than to kick back on the couch and right. look good. Right. But unfortunately, you cannot put this story together without my help. So why don't you shut up uh, and push the buttons nice. I tell you to push? Nice. And there you go. And he did. See, you <laughs> girls have to. Like you being in entertainment, when you were, you know, casting models, you were the one doing the rejecting, Chantel. Yeah. That's maybe a bit of a bitch, actually. Uh, the rejecter, the rejecter. I was a rejecter. What were some obstacles that, like, for example, you had to um, overcome Africa? It's hard. It's, I think I'm one of the few people, I don't mind the, re- I enjoy, like, the audition process and all those things because for me, it's just about, like, okay, what didn't they like? I look at it as puzzles, like, okay, well, what piece can I work on for next time or what thing can I tweak? So that wasn't really the hard part. I think for me was that coming in entertainment, being a talent is one thing, but I always knew that I had something to say. But because of how you look and because of, you know, I came in as a singer and then was doing acting and a lot of commercial modeling and was the face of brands. So people didn't expect for me to really have any thought behind it. So then when they would put me in a room with people and I actually had something to say, everybody would turn and look. And I'm like, yes. Like, and they don't like it sometimes. Some, and sometimes they don't. So it, it's, I kind of had a really turning point moment for me in terms of realizing, like, owning what I had to say and kind of getting back to that space in my life where I was known for being somebody that was smart and it was like, I wasn't always 
was just sitting around going like this, yeah. <laughs> um, was really being, after the show on Bravo, after you spend, you know, a period of time, and I'm sure, you know, you guys that have dealt yeah, with this, of watching kind of, your yeah. life being mm-hmm. told in a certain way, and then people relating to you because of that, you realize how important it is to speak up for yourself <laughs> yeah. and tell your own story. So really, you know, in these last couple of years after that, like, I've become really passionate. One, about content creation and different things that I'm working on now. Like, now, yes, I'm a talent on, but I'm also a producer. Periscope's been amazing because it's really just allowed me to kind of speak and share things in a way that is not, you know, there are no barriers to what I feel like I have to say. I'm producing mm-hmm. whatever it is that I want to talk about. So that really was has still been the hardest thing for me because I'm still brought in rooms and they're like, oh, we love, you know, to have you here and kind of sit you up and dress you up. She's so pretty. She's so nice. And then I'm like, yeah, but okay, but if we're going to do this, then I need to be able to say this. Or now learning, okay, I have no problem asking for what I want because I know what my worth is. I know the yeah. value that I have in terms of if you wanted me to represent a product, then what I should get if you want me to come into a room and make your brand look better, then I know what I need. And it's so it's it, you still get the pushback because yeah. they think you should just be happy to be there. Exactly. And it's like, no, you should be happy to have me here because of what <laughs> I bring. And it's not just because of how I look. So for me, it's yeah. really been this thing of reminding people that yes I actually have something to say of note because they do like to use the word diva if you push for certain things and if you do know your worth and you push back or difficult or something yeah exactly you know well I just I don't think it's ever going to go away I gave my card to someone last week as a photographer at an event Chantel Mm -hmm. you were with me and he Mm -hmm. goes you're a doctor yeah a real doctor? I'm like, yeah, oh, I print out wow. fake business cards. Right. Yeah. So I want to, like, okay, so you, Chantal, were on the other end where you were casting. Yeah. And you, like, you basically still decided, <laughs> still, but you're, like, on the other side of it. Have, did you ever have to face criticism uh, as to what you were doing? Or did you just kind of come in, balls to the wall, and tell everybody else why they don't look good? <laughs> yeah, I've never really faced it. Oh, my first working as a modeling agent, I did... One of the um, the owner of the agency did tell me I was fat, oh. which traumatized me. That was, yeah. <laughs> I was told I was fat yeah. once yeah. by my boss. But that's when I left the job oh. and started my own company. I was oh, like, wow. okay, peace I'm going to do this bro. myself. Yeah. I was told that my pants were too tight, but they were talking about the other girl who was Egyptian. And I'm like, you can't even get us straight. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. God. <laughs> yeah, my She's, boss told me I was fat. He was like, you're going to have to lose 10 pounds. And then he realized it was the angle that they always had me standing at when I, I, I always shot the I think yeah. actually was a bit chunky. <laughs> 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 I'm like, I'm back on it, but I'm like, what does it matter anyway? I'm back on, in front of the camera. Wow. <laughs> what made you guys decide you're going to do your own thing? Because you guys have a very interesting backgrounds. Like Chantal, you own Flawless, which is a modeling kind of uh, agency, and you you create events. And Sharon, you've been in, on so many projects, and you're just on Empire in Africa. Yeah, yeah. Like you're on billboards all over the country, and you're a spokesperson. Like, what drove you to get there? Like, I just want people to understand and maybe get tips from that. Well, when I was younger, I think my father was definitely one of my role models mm-hmm. and he used to read a lot of before you know you had the secret and all that mm-hmm. he used to read a lot of you know positive thinking books and you know the power of the mind and mm-hmm. all this stuff and he used to tell me you know you can be whoever you want to be you can be you know the your basic version you can be your medium version of yourself or you can be the best version of yourself yeah. and he said what does the best version of yourself look look like and 
I always had that in mind. I said, well, the best version of myself would be, you know, being in control of my own life, being able to make decisions, being able to, you know, live freely. Like my goal has always been to be free, mm-hmm. to do, to go where I want, when I want, yeah. to, you know, set my own time. So for Not me, to have my, to be a yeah. work at yeah. Yeah, that is on the my, dark. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 If you, if you, the other day I was reading about what nurses were saying were, people on, on their deathbed, their number one, well, the top five regrets. And the number one regret was working too much and yeah. not really Being I- enjoying family. themselves yeah. and embracing their lives and what life has to offer. So my thing is that I always want to develop, I want to grow and just really experience life. And whatever tools it takes for me to to achieve that and that that vehicle happens to be owning my own business and creating financial freedom for myself in an area which I am passionate about, then so be it. Like I'm able to, I'm off to India for a month in, you know, in January to sit on a mountain top and meditate. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Amazing. So no work involved, you're just <laughs> no, no cell phone away. I do want to know, no is there going to be Wi-Fi on that mountaintop? <laughs> no Wi-Fi, okay. Nice. Oh my God. I don't know what I'm going to do. My thumbs Good are going to be like, uh, yeah. I've never been without my phone for more than half an hour. I know. It's oh, going to wow. be It's going to be nice. Yeah. I love when I travel and like if for the first couple of hours when you realize the connection and places are bad, but then by the by the end of the day, I'm like, I'm so glad that I'm able to like disconnect. Except for the hands. I've never been able. I just know. I love it. I haven't disconnected before. Yeah. I just really? if I leave my phone at home for like an hour, yeah. I'm I'm freaking out. I like won't I'm go missing down. what's going on. You know, when I'm here, media, when I'm, here, yeah. but when I'm traveling, like that's my time to Travel like, reconnect and recharge. So it's like I'm, I'm I'm super excited when it's like the service is bad. Like yeah. okay, <laughs> I associate my email with money. Yeah. So I don't know what's coming in my email box. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
gaining experience elsewhere. I think just starting your own thing with absolutely right. no experience yeah. is probably like, not the exactly. best idea. Right. What what I did, I mean, I've worked for so many different networks. And you, you know, learned CBS, from BT, exactly. Revolt, I've worked with Russell Simmons and Diddy and the BBC. And I've learned every step along the way. I've learned, like, you know, a tremendous amount of valuable information. And so I got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm in a good place right now. Mm-hmm. Where starting my own thing would be, uh, you know, the, the right time is the right time to do this, and then it's also opportunity to a certain extent. Um, my business partner, you know, just meeting some of the right people to have mm-hmm. on your team that can be really important as well. Because if you if you've got the wrong person, um, you know, you're destined to fail if you don't absolutely yeah. see to that quickly. Yeah, because part of and I think that's the thing with leadership is that it's also acknowledging the responsibility that comes with saying, okay, I'm going to actually lead people because you're saying now I'm responsible for these people on my team of one, inspiring them, educating them, bringing this project together and making it come to fruition. And I think a lot of people want to just say that they're an entrepreneur or say that they're a boss. But you're to do those things, like it comes with responsibility. It's like a I lot watch, of work. Yeah. It is a lot of work. And for me, it's like I watch my family. Like I do come from a family of entrepreneurs. My family in Alabama were some of the early like people that owned land and owned businesses like I grew up in my grandfather's store like on the you know like on the cash register like that was play so you take it for granted but you realize that you know when you talk to most people a lot of people grew up as employees they watch their family as employees so it's a, it's a different mindset and not to say that you can't transfer from that mindset into one but you have to have like you said some sort of foundation and even yeah. for me even growing up with that background I still had jobs like you have to know yeah. how to follow you have to know how to you know go to you learn know what the, the process industry. is exactly. you've got to know the industry like how are you a boss, that's something like a yeah. boss is nothing. Like I the know. emperor has no clothes on. Emperor, like, so it's many house people. Yeah. <laughs> you know so many, so well, many people. I think that when you <clears throat> are a leader, you also have to let go of your ego. Exactly. Yes. That check is one of the biggest things. You just yeah. have to check exactly check your ego at the door and be open to other people's ideas exactly. and be open yeah. to nurturing other people and not being like you know this is my my show my yeah. thing you know right. it's yeah, a group yeah. effort you know everybody's here to gain and to grow together organically so and I you're think not you really always have right you exactly. exactly. you've <laughs> got to realize you're not always exactly. right and i kind of look at it like this a boss whatever you want to say that whole term for boss that's sort of to me like a dictator who thinks that they're right no matter right. what yeah. like i'm the boss yeah a yeah. leader is someone who leads inspires and never exactly. stops totally learning motivates, yes which is, yeah, because exactly. like sharon just said i don't always know everything yeah. you know i um this podcast thing is a newer venture for me i didn't come in here thinking that i knew everything by any means and i check my ego at the door because when i'm here talking to you guys it's not about me although it is right this second <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I see that with each of you in terms of what you've done. Like, Africa gives these amazing scopes. I actually met, let me tell you how I met Africa. <laughs> I'm on Periscope. We're both kind of like the early kind of like adopters mm-hmm. of adopters of, of Periscope. And I would watch her and I'd be like, she was on Bravo, I was on Bravo. And you know, a lot of people assume because you were on TV and the two of you as well, um, that you were going to have some kind of ego. Well, I just saw how kind she was, how patient she was, how she answered everybody's questions and how she didn't have a, like an attitude. I mean, some of these questions are are not <laughs> always nice. people are a little left. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and she was just very patient. I'm like, you know, this is actually a cool person that yeah. I can see who's accomplished a lot and doesn't feel like it takes away from her to give, right? And yeah. I saw that, when I see that in each of you. Um, and that's what I think a real leader is. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I, 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 that, you, <laughs> well, I, I was going to say I am kind of guilty of, of one thing, which is, 
When I was in the UK, I was definitely very, very sweet-natured, and I think I still have a lot of that, but I think being in New York can harden you a little yes. bit. Um, you know, people definitely want to try your patience sometimes and that sort of thing, and a lot of the time you're kind of under a, a time crunch. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have a lot of time, so to get stuff done and to get it done, you know, um, of a high quality. So. I used to be really amazing when it came to writing emails and being very gentle when I would give mm -hmm. people feedback and that sort of thing and give them the compliment sandwich where you say something yeah. nice right. and yeah. tell them what they did wrong and then yeah. something nice again. But nowadays, because I barely have time for that right. and it takes too much thought and I've got to get to the next thing, sometimes I'm probably like uh, maybe a little more direct than I used to be. Mm -hmm. um, and... Sometimes I, I gotta kind of step back and think, I think, okay, how can I phrase this in a way that's not gonna be offensive? Because people are so sensitive yes. these days. Oh, they're so sensitive. Younger people, yeah. yeah. That's surprising, actually, because I mean, well, I was gonna say, but actually. <laughs> You're not like that. No, well, I'm not sensitive at all, funny enough. But yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, your behavior in terms of, you know, speed and stuff, I think that's just kind of indicative of the kind of timer in like the millennial time because yeah. everything's so fast yeah. like you don't wait you know even if you're waiting for an app to characters. down you know <laughs> even if you're you know waiting more than five seconds for an app to download yeah, these yeah, days yeah, that's yeah. too long, yeah, it's too long. Yeah. you know so I would think I was surprised that you're saying that people are so sensitive because you would think that you know everyone would be used to a quick oh, one word so two yeah. Yeah. no people oh, are yeah. people are sensitive no I feel like I've kind of I've gotten some of my like when I was in New York the first go round I think when I first left and I moved I, I didn't move back to Alabama I moved to Atlanta and it took me about a year or two to like decompress because I was still very like you know you're here and it's just like you have to you know you're very hard and I you know when I was I was back in Atlanta for about five years and I had softened and I but in a weird way I, I miss that part of me because at the end of the day I'm Southern like and I and I yeah. love that part of myself. <laughs> yeah. But coming back, I think it's been. I feel like I've found a nice hybrid that I can still pull from. You know that that harder edge when I need to. Yeah. But I'm finding that it's been serving me better to like. You know, I'm still very direct with people. Yeah. But I can do. You know. But it's. I've found. I think. And I don't know if it's like this whole Southern thing where it's like I'll do it with a smile, but I will tell you exactly <laughs> what I will and I won't do, and it's okay. And I'm fine saying no, but I'll do it with a smile. And if you like it, if you don't, and it's and it's it's okay. But it's it's been interesting. Like now I'm in a different space because when I was here the first go round I it was very much like I was like okay I've got to fight this city and it's like everything was an argument everything yeah. was like push 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 because I wanted everything so bad yeah. and then I think with Atlanta it was a release the first few years I moved down there I wasn't doing anything in the business people were like didn't you do and I was like nope I don't do anything yeah and I kind of fell into commercial modeling because honestly I'm short it wasn't something that I even thought about yeah. and it's really what changed my life like I stopped relaxing my hair so I walked into like an agency with like a big curly wild mane of hair and she was like we love you and like it literally changed the trajectory of my life and it kind of softened me um, in terms of a lot of things in my career and just my like I just didn't feel like I had to fight so much anymore yeah. and I was getting success just being myself and I think the first go around in New York was very much me trying to fit into this box of like okay the R&B box or you know the label wants you to be like this or they need you to try to be like this and I just it kind of freed me up to just say I'm just going to be me and I think coming back this go around I was just like I can just really be myself and yeah. if you don't like it it's kind of okay but I think that's yeah. I think that's yeah. age and I, I might, and I think that's probably too to say about leadership too oh, okay thinking about it okay I think that one of the key qualities of leadership is the ability to listen to others and make other people feel good about Ooh, themselves I, I see like that quality that. in mm. you Tamsin you're very good you. with people and I think you can have intelligence book smart but you have to have 
high social intelligence. Absolutely. I think people who have social intelligence plus are a bit book smart, they're the ones that go really far in life because they're able to to listen, to really relate to people. It's not just about them, like, here's my story. What about you? Let me listen to Mm -hmm. your story and, you know, empathize with you. And you get very few people that really want to listen to you. I have a friend and she doesn't understand why she can't find a boyfriend. (laughs) I'm like, well, you sit. So what do you know about this person? You went on a date with him. Tell Mm -hmm. me. I think we may have the minutes. same friend because <laughs> I, I, I have a friend who's in the exact same position. But she yeah. just talks about exactly, all the right? Time. Yeah. I'm like, she knows nothing about anybody else. And she's like, you're so weird. You, you know things about people. Are you like really know? I'm like, no. Them, I just have a com- them, yeah. conversation. But I will say, I think it can be difficult for women sometimes, especially women who are doing their own thing and fo- very career focused, because it does become about you to a certain extent, right? Yeah. You've got to sell yourself, and then sometimes women end up taking that on dates with them yes right yes. and and really men like to talk they like mm-hmm. to talk they like you to ask yes, questions and, yeah. and and laugh at whatever they're saying <laughs> what do you and do like, oh that's fabulous yeah exactly and we forget I think sometimes you don't have to pitch to, your date yeah, you don't exactly. have to pitch your date yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly you're not there to sell yourself you gotta you know make him feel like a man yeah. and, and you know that you're interested in what he has to say and yeah I always um, I had heard this once when I was younger and I, I don't remember who told me this but if you are with someone and you're the one doing all the talking you need to realize that <laughs> you are sitting there thinking, oh, this person's really into me. They really like me. <laughs> and they're oh like, oh my God. <laughs> and meanwhile, you're not paying attention to the fact they have checked out yeah, <laughs> several yeah, yeah, minutes yeah, yeah. ago. Some people don't even realize. They, guess, yeah. like, they yeah. don't. And it's funny because I'm, I'm in that situation a lot. I'm sure you guys are, Tippo, where, um, yeah. and it doesn't even talk about dating. Like for me, <laughs> <laughs> I can't even tell. Like I've actually thought about making up a career. Like I was on this date with this one guy once and he's like, yeah. what do you do for I'm like, oh, I'm a doctor. He's like, well, where did you go to school? And he's like, I bet my PhD is better than yours. I went to Harvard. And I was like, oh, my God, check, please. So I'm like, maybe I should go on a date and pretend to be like, I don't know what I, 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 oh, I decided I was going to be a buyer for some company, Mm -hmm. like Nordstrom. Mm. Oh, my God, me too. That's what I did. And I'm like, oh, okay, so I'm lying. That's not going to work either. I'm a a stewardess. Do you still call him that? An airline? Flight Uh, attendant. Flight Flight attendant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, men can be intimidated, right? But no, unfortunate. But there's but two schools of thought. Yeah. Okay. Do you dumb yourself down? Because I don't think you should. They say men no. can be intimidated. I get yeah. it. I've heard this all before. You're too intimidated. That's not them, though. La, la, la. They need to fix but that. don't you yeah. think, like, if a man really likes you and is really into you, he would just suck it up and deal with it? I've had women who are far more intimidating than me been married several times over. So but they still <laughs> may end up feeling like they're in competition with you. Yeah. 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 I, um, I get that a lot. Yeah. It's, it's exhausting. I mean, there was, there was a guy who I was dating before I made a name for myself. Mm-hmm. And he was well known and he used to get a, a lot of attention every time we went out. And then, you know, we're still friends to this day and now I get a lot of attention when I go out, you know, depending on where I'm going, just because some of the stuff I've done you and some of the TV stuff. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But he hates it. Even oh, as yeah. my friend, when I'm out with him, if people recognize me over him, like he feels really uncomfortable with there it. There can't be two stars. And yeah. yeah. See, yeah. I believe in that same. My mother has said you should always find a man that loves, loves you more, you more than, than you love him. him. Yeah. I, I don't I think agree. How about a position with a man? 
never going to work. Never ever going to work. If you're competing for the mirror, yeah. any competition, forget about it. I've dated never many work. models in my life, and yes, that competition for the mirror is not a good one. <laughs> you're, you're a modeliser, <laughs> Tabitha. Oh, no, no, she's a modeliser. Reformed, reformed. I'm no longer of that, of yeah, that no. nature. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Talking all things beauty from the skin to the soul. This is Glam Mirror with Dr. Taba Samir. I want to talk about money and dating. Okay. Um, I am by no means a gold digger. I have my own money, but I don't think I can be with someone who doesn't have that same success level that I do. I think it breeds or insecurity yeah. or more. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think about dating someone who has less money or makes less Not money? into it. You no. should just be friends. No. You should yeah. just be, I mean, no. you should just tell us how you really feel. I mean, I should just be friends. <laughs> I can do bad by myself. Uh, yeah. and I can right. do real good come by together? myself. Like, yeah. I, I, can tr- I travel business class on my own coin. Yeah. So I, don't, I, I travel when I want and I go for however long I want to go for. So if I'm with a man that has, doesn't have, it's not really just about, hey, let's go out and buy prod bar because that's to me just yeah. whatever materialistic stuff but if you don't have again freedom is my thing if you don't have the freedom yeah. to live right. life the way you want to live it yes. if you have to call me and say well I have to get the two weeks off of my oh, boss God. I'm yeah. like no yeah. this isn't going to work for me Yeah, that's yeah. just you got to meet me and I, I, I think all of us are probably a little spoiled to a certain extent yeah. with <laughs> regards to yeah, I think we're all probably a little spoiled. One, we can do it ourselves, and two, probably because of some of the men that we're around. Yeah, you know, yeah, well, it does um, it does skew your reality in terms of yeah. what. My yeah. friend once asked me because I she was the opposite. She was very much about I want a man to pay for everything, and I don't want to work for the rest of my life. And I said to her, I don't think your handbag or your shoes are gonna matter when you're like having a baby and your legs are up in the air, you know. But she said to me once, she's like, would you rather have a man that can fix a broken shelf or pay to get it fixed? And I looked at her and I said, both. Because you get a man who pays for it, he's going to have... You know, just I, I'm afraid of men with too much money because I'm not. I, Why? <laughs> <laughs> because I know they're always gonna love their money more than you. But I don't want to date someone who doesn't have anything. Mark Zuckerberg seems like a, a good man. He seems like a good man to his wife. Yeah, uh-huh. it's a brother. I'm kidding. <laughs> but, but does that concern you? Like, if you're with a guy, if for me, I definitely think I can't be with someone who makes less than me because it's just too much. Too much. I don't want to be paying for dinner yeah. every time. I don't. So want you to couldn't be J Lo dating your backup dancer. Maybe if, if I were you J-Lo. have like. Five, I feel like is there a point though where as a woman, if you have so much money that it doesn't matter anymore? I just feel I, like. Or does like, it still? Do they really love you for you? I don't know. Like yeah. I have a patient of mine who came in, and this woman is loaded. Her father is very loaded, and she has a younger boyfriend, and they have a great relationship. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you don't know. Like he's right. definitely proven himself. He's so good to her and her kids. But I've seen situations where the younger man is with the woman for, for oh, the absolutely. money, yeah. and that to me is gross. But like, what is he with her for? What is he, he she with him, with him for? His looks and his prowess in the bedroom, <laughs> probably. So their yeah. masculine, feminine roles have have switched. Well, we, I think also like with someone like J Lo who has gone out, with, you know, was married to Mark Anthony, who mm-hmm. you know you were talking there about were the two, two men, stars. There were two stars. Yeah, yeah, it's like you've got two stars, and then. The, a man like her backup dancer I mean he can just be absolutely dote on her you right. know it's all about her um, she's put on a pedestal and that's something that a man who is on the same level or higher may not do right. in the same sort of way so I get why some women find that attractive 
Um, but there's a downside to it as well. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to feel like I'm. You're uh, buying your own engagement, right? That would uh, that would never. We would just have to just date or just be in, be Oprah and just be together. In like the, I just yeah, I'm, well, I want a man's man. I have been in those situations where I've been with that kind of a guy, and I tell you what, there was one time where I was on a date with this beautiful, oh, so beautiful. <laughs> pictures, pictures, Norwegian, please. beautiful. Just like if they made a mold of the perfect man, this guy was it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding. Um, in fact, I might call him after this. <laughs> <laughs> but we were at dinner, and um, when our, our person we were at dinner with got up to leave, he's, he's like, hey, give me your credit card. Oh, uh-uh. No, no, no. No, 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 no. My friend suddenly hit me. No. He said to me, 10 guys, what did she say? Level 10 guys equal level 10 problems, and that's obviously what you had, level 10 Negative minus 10. Oh, can I tell you one? Can I tell you one? When I was in England, and there was a guy that I was dating, and I went out to an event and uh, he was there and he was like, oh, I'll give you a ride home. And I said, okay, great. He was like, oh, do you have 15 pounds petrol money? You're joking. No, I'm not joking. I was so disgusted. I mean, I I was just, I was absolutely disgusted. Like seriously? Petrol money? No. Oh my God. And he wasn't a kid. So my my mum was really strict on me. I was like trained, like for military training (laughs) for my mother. Well, I remember buying my boyfriend a a birthday present and she went mental at me. She did? Yeah, she's like, you should be buying gifts for men. I'm like, it's his birthday, woman. (laughs) My friends and I were just talking about that last night. We're not big like male. When I was younger, I did it, but as an adult, I'm like, why? Like, I just. the women that like shower men with oh, all no. these gifts yeah. and no, like no, no, no. you know he's a man I dated a really a- really 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 wealthy British guy once and he wanted to buy me shoes Chantel please don't vomit because I know you're going to hate me for the story <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to buy me shoes he wanted to buy me a purse he wanted to and I said no I'm going to be different than these other <laughs> girls that he's you know like used yeah. like using for his money I'm going to show him how much I care by not getting him to buy me those things can I tell you the worst mistake ever he should have <laughs> bought that for me because he's gone in the Exactly. It's still the same, right? All those times when it's like you try to prove that it's like it really doesn't. Yeah, and I think it almost emasculated him not to be able to buy that for me. It's like, well, what am I supposed to do with this girl? All I do for women is buy them stuff, and here I am thinking, I'll show you. And And that's his way of, you know. But I I will say this, though. I think it is nice if a guy is really, really good to you and spoils you and makes you feel good. I think it's good to reciprocate sometimes. massage. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I never used to do it, right? And then I realized realized okay like I there was one guy who I dated and he was um, someone who I lived with as well mm-hmm. and I think that's the first time I really realized oh okay guys need that back yeah, you know you, like, you want to be it. thoughtful and mm-hmm. you're in the store and you see something they might like maybe you pick that up if they're constantly getting you stuff and buying you stuff I and would taking you, you away and it's all about you all the time I think You've got a. My joke is like, oh, like that's our movie date. Like that's that's what everybody's like. Oh, you like him? You took him to the movies. That's always like my little. Kiki, <laughs> it's like my kiki date. Like, babe, I'm gonna take you to the movies. Anything you want is on me. So that's my. <laughs> I, used to, I used to have this one friend who would do this thing where she was like, let's go, let's meet up on the weekends, and they'd have brunch like in the meatpacking district here in um, New York, mm-hmm. and then afterwards they'd go shopping because there's like so many stores around there. So they'd walk around. And she's like, you know how I test them, and this I do not recommend, but this is the opposite of what I do. She would actually go and buy stuff and put put it at the counter to oh, see if he'd pay brave. for it. I know. Oh, my God. I know. See, I, I'm someone who, like, if I go out on a first date with someone, I'll offer. Really? To pay. I will offer because Why? I think it's... Did, he, think, did you guys meet halfway to decide well to no no I don't expect him to accept the offer but, but I will I, I just feel like it's polite I just feel like I don't want to be 
expectant, even though I am expectant to a certain extent, I feel like if it's the, if I don't know you that well, I, I'm going to say, can I give you something for this? You know, like, really? I just feel like it's not... But he asked, do you want to date? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Well... It, it, and, and I, I have to say your beauty and your time and your effervescence no, that I think, you're I like think you're absolutely right I don't <laughs> expect them to accept it but I will offer and I've been well, in situations you bluff one day and you're right Danielle. and then you can't really <laughs> well, well, I'll give you, so like, then would you not like him if he then oh yeah I won't like him if he accepts well, I won't like him way, if he accepts. if he said no it would be game what over what if he said what if he did say alright thanks love oh no then that's it never again which would be like alright so then you have to go in and pay well I don't say here let me take care of this oh, I say can I give you something and usually that well you know 99.9% like, you know, of the like time 50, like, you know, just give but, half, but the thing is you need someone that's, that's going to no, you already know right there that you know he's he's but not the, the guy hard for you part of that is somebody else may pay for the first date and then expect you to pay for the next date. You know you already have. Yeah. I think that's kind <laughs> of what you. I had this conversation with like my cousins and some friends when we were having like girl talk and I, I was like I've never paid for like I didn't dates know that existed ever. Like it, I was like from when I was 15, oh, 16 to now in my life and they're like well why they're like a guys and I was like, no, I was like maybe I just give off something where they, it doesn't where they know don't even say like it's never come up to like I was like even my male friends if we're hanging out like they're pay- like I was like I don't. I like I bring like an ID and make sure I have a twenty dollar bill to get home. Like it's not. I just. Can yeah. I just give you a quick example yeah. of something similar but different? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've had a lot of young girls reach out to me and say, "Can I meet up with you to pick mm-hmm. your brain, etc." I'll meet up with them and go out of my way to do it. And but a couple, you know, will get tea or coffee or whatever. Maybe we'll get something to eat, and then the bill comes, and then they don't say anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take care of it because I'm girls, I've got money yeah. and yeah. I'm older than you, and I'm going to take care of it. But I at least want you to say. Can Thank I you. take care of this, yeah. or can I? I've give said you something half to people. Like something. I've said something these to the females. And if you don't, no, these oh, are females. Man. These are females. But it's it's a similar kind of a thing. Yeah. Like I, because if I'm taking you to get your information, yeah, your time, exactly, exactly. But exactly. they don't. Some people just, now don't know. Well. I well, feel like gotta learn. Well, you, should, you should talk but I feel like that's an Oprah that's a teachable moment yeah like even yeah. if they don't have it but to tell them like if you're you know you want to get somebody's time and information it's valuable yeah, so yeah. if you can't afford taking let's just meet you know at Starbucks I find at America, least off, I will pay yes. but just I find off. in America people don't reciprocate as much at bars like I think yeah, in England when you go to a bar I'll go to the bar and I'll be like hey okay I'll get this round and automatically you're trained that you Sharon or no, but get that's the next round. round yeah they do yeah. they yeah. do, in, do in, that in America in yeah. if you go to the bar you get a round you go to the bar again you might politely go do you want a drink they'll say no, yeah they'll be like yeah, yeah. I yeah. can't <laughs> say it to you oh, oh yeah, you yeah, got yeah. the last yeah, one I know yeah. and on a final note because I feel like we need to do this again <laughs> yeah this again because this was seriously I have so much more to talk about yeah. I think there's something to be said with manners something yes. to be said exactly. with being a uh, being a uh aware of how the other people around you feel and that's one of the things that I love about you ladies is that you're always aware of your people and how you make them feel and um, you're very strong examples of what's next I think so you too thank you <laughs> well, we're gonna continue this again because I feel like we didn't even touch on dating so that's that might have <laughs> I know we do so like, much more to talk about thank you all so much can you just shoot your uh, Twitter or your uh, social media handles for me Sharon yeah um, I'm at Sharon Carpenter on uh, IG on Twitter and on Periscope even though I haven't used it yet but I'm gonna <laughs> learn some, some tips from yes. these ladies yes. <laughs> and then uh, I'm Africa Miranda on all my social media platforms. So Snap, IG, Pinterest, Tumblr, Everything. Facebook, Instagram, Periscope. Chantal. <laughs> I am 
on Instagram, Chantelle.Fraser, that's C-H-A-N-T-E-L-L-E, and dot Fraser with an S, not Fraser. It's F-R-A-S-E-R. <laughs> and my Twitter is Shanti Fraser. Fab. You guys Shanti are with a Y. Shanti okay. with a Y. You guys, I can't wait to have you back on for round two. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So much fun. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.